What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah, well, life is meaningless. I don't really think much matters in the world, and the number 13 is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. Your thoughts? Yeah, this is going to be a bad couple weeks for that, for me, and I think you as well, because also when I think of the number 13, I think of one of my favorite professional athletes of all time, Alex Rodriguez, who's probably going to get like 30% of the Hall of Fame vote, despite being uh, the second best player on the ballot behind Barry Bonds, who's also not going to make it. So that's just an aside, a lot of bad stuff going on with 13, a lot of bad juju. Uh, so I think we got to turn it around and the Sabres should sign Tim Kennedy again. <laughs> not where I thought you were going to go with that one. <laughs> Of course, we are talking about the Bills as they unfortunately fell to the Kansas City Chiefs last night. Oh, my God. In the most depressing of fashion, it was an emotional roller coaster the last two minutes of the game. And they had it. 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 13 seconds was all they needed to do. And they blew it. (laughs) And, um, I think everybody in Buffalo today is just a a bit beside themselves, us included. We had initially planned to record before the game, but that didn't end up working out. And so we ended up uh, recording this on Monday morning as there was just no way in hell either of us were going to be able to stomach recording an episode of the podcast yesterday. So here we are, Taylor. Um, I mean, how hopeful do you feel? (laughs) Not very. Um, I guess... I can take solace in the fact that we saw an unbelievable effort from Josh Allen last night. And although being great at quarterback obviously doesn't always correlate with winning the Super Bowl, how many great quarterbacks haven't won the Super Bowl? Really? I mean, at his level. And how, I mean, one of the best to not win a Super Bowl, Jim Kelly, was a Bill. So we should be a little, a little bit careful here. But yeah, Dan Marino obviously is a top five quarterback of all time, didn't win the Super Bowl. Everyone else, really, though, besides those guys, uh, won the Super Bowl. I mean, the next best guy that didn't win a Super Bowl is probably Philip Rivers. So, like, and I think Allen is better than him. Uh, I, I, I watched that game, and I, it, it's really taking away from the fact that I'm like absurdly upset. It is really incredible that how good both those guys are. I mean, I've kind of joked about it in the past. I really actually think right now Mahomes is playing better than anyone's ever played. That makes sense. And I look at that game last night and it's like, was there like really anyone in our life who played playoff games like that? Like consistently the way Mahomes and Allen have been playing. I don't know. I mean, the Chiefs have 84 points in two games. The Bills, Allen had 14 incompletions and nine touchdown passes in two games. So it's just really, it's incredible. Cause I mean, I assume people, or I should say people assume that guys like, um, Tom Brady just had, oh, he was just throwing five touchdowns every playoff game. Not so. Definitely not for Peyton Manning. Um, the uh, our, our, our pal Aaron Rodgers, who's good friends with our, our other, our pal? former co-host. Um, I, you, you obviously saw on Saturday night, he didn't throw any touchdowns and lost a, a brutal 13 to 10 game where the opposing offense didn't even score a touchdown. It's not that common for guys to just play the way Mahomes and Allen have been playing in the playoffs. So I, I think we're going to see Super Bowl at some point. I think they'll be, I know they'll be back, but you don't get that many opportunities. And uh, to me, you had the Chiefs beat and the Chiefs are probably 
the best team left in the playoffs at that point. So I was really, I, the Bengals at home, God bless Joe Burrow, really fun guy. I think the Bills run him over. And then the Super Bowl, it would be a, a good game that the Rams and the 49ers are both very good. The 49ers defense is definitely scary to go against, but I think the Bills would have been favored in both of those games. And I, it hurts all the more knowing that they had this game won. <laughs> it's it's I mean, it in the bag, man. It was. And that's the thing that's just so tough about this is that the chances don't come around often. And I know we're well positioned with Josh where he's young, but it just, it felt like last night, it was just like his destiny to win that game. I mean, the guy was just absolutely lights out and it's hard for a couple of different reasons. One being having the best player on your defense being available would have been nice. I mean, Trey white being on the field last night at full health, I think would have probably changed some things in that game and would have changed some of the breakdowns that we saw in the secondary that allowed Travis Kelsey and Tyree kill to inexplicably get open. But then at the same time, that doesn't really change the fact that the defensive line could not make a goddamn tackle last night to save their life. I mean, they were, they were putting pressure on, but they just could not finish the job. And I mean, I know it's one of Mahomes' is like the hallmark one of his hallmarks is his ability to keep plays alive, similar to Josh Allen, but like, Oh my God, just, just so, so disappointing. And, and the other thing I think that is, it, it's really tough about this is that, you know, the thing that I like that they did in the playoffs is that it felt like they really took the reins off of Josh and they were just running him as much as they needed to. And they weren't afraid of, of him getting hurt. And, you know, that's an asset that they absolutely need to continue to lean into over these next couple of years, but he's not going to be able to play like that forever. And last night it just, I don't know. It was like, you had that feeling of the, Oh, typical, they're going to bills this, you know, right after Kansas city took the lead. And then he just leads them down the field and throws that touchdown to Davis. And it's like, you have 13 seconds on the clock and it's like, how can they possibly possibly do this? And inexplicably, and I think it's absolutely fair to say due to poor coaching decisions on the defensive side of the ball and just complete defensive laps too. I mean, let's be real here. Like Edmonds, played terribly last night and we're getting to a point now that we're going to have to kind of decide what the deal is going to be with him. But like, it it was theirs for the taking performances like the one that Josh put on last night do not come around often. And it makes me sick to my goddamn stomach to think that we wasted it. You know, the new England win was magical last night. Winning last night would have, I mean, there was nobody would have denied us a super bowl if we would have won last night after both of those playoff performances back to back and it sucks. Like it, it, it just, it really, really sucks. It's going to be great having Trey back next year. We're going to probably be looking at new coordinators on both sides of the ball, more likely than not. Um, the, the OC hire is going to be pivotal for how next year is going to go. And I really hope that they end up getting somebody who's going to, be as aggressive as Dable was without some of maybe the mind numbing play calls. But I mean, like the guy was, you know, that's what we needed. We needed that pass first offense and he, he gave it to him and he helped. He was a big part of why, of why Josh succeeded. You know, obviously we all have our criticisms about some of his play calling, but it's whoever they end up hiring next, it's going to be 
a massive, massive deal. And I think on top of that, you're going to probably see a good amount of turnover, especially in some of like the skill positions. Like you have Diggs and Davis next year coming back on offense. And I mean, you'll have McKenzie too, but like you're probably looking at, you're going to need to sign like definitely one like impact top two or three receiver. But then on top of that, maybe another guy too for depth. Um, I think it was great that Singletary established himself as a, as an RB one. Um, but you're going to need to add some depth there because, you know, this is a good stretch, but we don't know for sure if this is the guy that we're going to get next year. On top of that, your interior offensive line, you desperately need to make upgrades, even though they looked better down the stretch here. Um, but you, you absolutely have to address that. And then, I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, like you need cornerback depth, you need linebacker depth and you need line depth, you know, and let's be real here. Micah Hyde, who knows, like he was been amazing continues to be amazing but he's not getting any younger i think his contract is up at the end of next year and it's worth wondering how much more he's going to have left in the tank too at this point so a lot of questions right now but i think the one prevailing thing that i'm at least holding on to is like next year i think is like they have to do it next year we, we can't sit here and say, oh, we have this, you know, 10 year window and like we, we we very well may, but like they are firmly right now in their Super Bowl contender window. And we don't know what the landscape of the league is going to look like a few years from now, even what Josh is going to look like. I mean, he's going to continue to be great, but like this is the time like they got to do this now. Like it, it has to be next year and Bean needs to come out swinging in this off season, they can't just say, Oh, well, we made it this far and we almost beat the Chiefs, So maybe with a couple of tweaks, you know, that's all we need. They need to hit an absolute grand slam this off season and leave no shadow of a doubt going into next year that they are unquestionably out for blood and they are going to come out of the AFC. Yeah. I, I, so going back to what you said a little while ago uh, about next year. So Trey, the Bills obviously miss Trey, and a lot of people pointed that out. But I think it's also worth noting how the Bills have had like almost unnatural uh, health these past two years, maybe three years. The guys just really haven't gotten hurt. So, yeah, maybe you have Trey next year, but I think it's unlikely that you'll be healthier going into that game. I mean, who knows who you miss? And then the Bills do have a lot of free agents, especially on the D-line, so I guess they're going to have to make decisions like who, who do they actually want to keep, who do they want to pay. I mean, we saw so many guys. Uh, play the D-line this year. Oh, Star, Harrison Phillips, Vernon Butler, uh, Epineza, Rousseau, Basham, Hughes, Addison. Shout out to Oliver, too. He played a hell of a game last night and has been yeah. really oh, yeah. fresh. Yeah, that's big. I mean, Oliver, year three, definitely took a big a big uh, step up, which is good. And, yeah, like uh, the defense is good. And I, th- I think, yeah, maybe um, we don't see Edmonds. Uh, after this, who knows? I think that they wouldn't bring him back. I don't know. I so that was your four for him. Now I have to think, do they does he have a fifth year uh option that they picked up? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either know. way. As far as I don't know if that's next year or not. Anyway, as far as second contract goes, I don't want him back because you have a select few guys who you can pay, nature of the salary cap, nature of having a quarterback who's gonna make as much money as Allen is gonna. So don't pay guys that you shouldn't pay and that to me would be Edmonds who I think struggles both against the pass and the run 
that's tough. That's tough for a yeah. linebacker. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's a few years ago, I used to listen to this podcast called the drought cast. My friends, Corey and Ryan did where they did a, an episode for every game of the bills drought, which is insane. It's mm-hmm. 270 games, I think. And they were doing this leading up to the 2017 season still. So they weren't like, they didn't think there was an end in sight necessarily. And I remember them talking about the idea that I mean, maybe the bills will never make the playoffs. Right. And of course you were always going to have a season like 2017 at some point, you have to make it. Everyone makes the playoffs. Eventually the lions have made the playoffs. Everyone does. The Jaguars were in the AFC championship game a couple of years ago. Everyone makes the playoffs. Eventually what you don't, what never has to happen, especially I'm looking at the lions. You never have to be what the bills have been the last two years, which is a super bowl contender, which is a team that plays very exciting football plays incredible games, uh, won 12 games this year by double digits. You, that never has to happen. That mm-hmm. kind of uh, brings me back to the Sabres, actually, weirdly. Yeah. Uh, the Sabres will have, will make the playoffs at some point. Been on the record about that. We know that for sure. Yes. <laughs> Everyone makes the playoffs at some point. I know it's, it's taking an unbelievably long time. And who knows? I mean, like, it could, they could be out in five games. For example, the Devils made the cup in 2012. It's been 10 years. They've made the playoffs once since then, and it was a five-game loss, Taylor Hall Devils. And it's like, that's not worth the wait. <laughs> and maybe it'll be like that. Maybe the Sabres making the playoffs will have the energy of losing 10-3 to Blake Bortles. But oh. they will eventually. I think what remains to be seen, and we like some of the things the young uh, Sabres guys are doing. We like what Kevin Adams has done in some ways. And the prospects look good. So there'll be a playoff team eventually, but it never has to be as good as it is with the Bills. I think that's that's the step that this uh this progression is not linear. Uh, we for example, I've mentioned them twice already, the Detroit Lions. They have won one playoff game in the past 65 years. That that can happen. I mean, it's possible. That's Stafford, too. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Hopefully we're not, you know, in our seventies watching uh, the Sabres try to win a, a playoff series for the first time, hopefully fingers crossed, but <laughs> excuse me there. Uh, I do. I'd rather, I guess my point here is I'd rather have last night happen than what's happened for the last decade for the Sabres. I, it's terrible. And I'm really upset. I'm way more upset than I've been about the Sabres in years. Uh, but when it comes down to it, you want to be in it and you want to be in those games yeah. and you want the excitement of what we did to the Patriots or the entire season that knowing uh, you could win the championship. And then it hurts all the more when you, when it doesn't happen, especially when it doesn't happen in the way it didn't happen last night. Um, but it's so much better than this. Just, just meaningless, like worthless uh, seasons. We've had a Sabres fan like this season interesting in some ways and maybe someday we'll look back and be like oh man remember quinn came up and scored? remember when um we saw paterka and krebs and tuck and all those guys for the first time maybe but really it just feels like we're hanging out doing uh not a lot of useful stuff not not really interesting or meaningful or memorable games and that's what being a bills fan was like for a long time those bills, bills were never exciting i mean 2009 great year for me personally i had a lot of fun that was the absolute like nadir of the drought for me for the bills. Dick Duran being brought back for a fourth year, despite being seven and nine for three straight years. Uh, Trent Edwards coming back terrible to coming and not even, not even being good. He was to, and he wasn't even good. 
And just watching that offense, Alex Van Pelt, the offensive coordinator, them firing their other offensive coordinator like three days before the season. Just, I think it was Turk Schoner. Could be confusing with someone else, but that that kind of uh, season is what we've been seeing a lot of with the Sabres. I mean, like I said, there's guys I'm pleasantly surprised by, but like leading scorer, Tage Thompson. It's not, it's not what you want. And hopefully we do get out of the Sabres what we've been getting out of the Bills uh, at least one season at some point before I'm 50. That would be nice. Yeah. You know, in the next 25 years, if we could just taste that again once, that'd be, that'd be just swell. Well, I guess it's probably okay for us to make that transition now into the Sabres. So a couple of big bits of news that we're going to get into before we wrap up today. The first of which being a dominating 6-2 win over the Philadelphia Flyers and Rasmus Ristolainen that saw Peyton Krebs score not only his first goal of his NHL career, but his first multi-goal game as he had two goals, Tage had two goals, and Jeff Skinner continues his unbelievable turnaround this season with another two-goal performance himself. So you had three guys potting two in that game. I mean, they look great. Michael Hauser again coming up big and getting a win for them, which was really nice to see with him. The, um, the Brick Hauser. The Brick Hauser. Peyton Krebs finally scoring. Um, you know, we, we've talked at length here about Krebs and just his his ability, what makes his potential so bright, and, you know, what the future may hold for him, obviously with him being uh, really the key piece in the Eichel trade. There's a lot weighing on how his career ends up going. And so he you know, or in the early stages of his career as a saber, as we've seen, I mean, of course, in Rochester, he was doing extremely well down there. Um, but he comes up here, you see some of the flashes, but you could tell that the complete game wasn't really there yet. Some, you know, mental lapses that happen with younger players, but either way, you were still at least seeing some of those bright spots, even though it wasn't the, the, the complete product wasn't pretty. Finally, in this game, he ends up Getting on the score sheet twice, uh, the first of which was a, a deflection goal that seemed like it was maybe a little bit more of a, a happy accident more than like a skill play there. But then on a second goal, coming out of the penalty box, gets an incredible breakout pass, scores on a beautiful backhand on the breakaway. And it was really nice to see him finally show some signs of life there and end up getting rewarded as, you know, he's in the early stages of his NHL career. And uh so on top of that, we had, as I had said before, Jeff Skinner too. Now I believe up to 16 goals. Um, what more could you have asked for than, than Jeff Skinner scoring 16 goals before the halfway point of the season? I mean, that is remarkable given what we yeah. had last year. It, it's so nice to see him back. Um you know, and they're buzzing. Like the top line is looking really, really good. Alex Tuck continues his strong play as well. Um, that top line really, you know, of, of Tuck Thompson and Skinner has, has been on one lately. And so that has been extremely exciting to see. So you're starting to see some of the bright spots. It, it's, you know, at this stage of the game with where we're at right now, how the season's going, it was a definitely a nice win. I mean, Philly is a mess. Their goaltending situation is a, is a mess. Um, so it was good to, to get a win against a team like that, that, you know, you definitely could have and, and should have won. So that was, that was great to see, uh, any takeaways other than what we had just, uh, touched on there from the game, Taylor. Um, 
You know, I think it's really interesting that the Flyers had a super disappointing season last year, mostly due to Carter Hart not being the guy they thought he was going to be. And obviously he has to get another chance because it's whatever. It's a short pandemic season. He's a young guy. And they're like, all right, who do we bring in to uh, to help him out, to back him up in case he uh, has trouble? Martin Jones. Yikes. Why do they do that? That's that's insane. And so the Sabres scored four goals on eight shots on Jones. They weren't even, the Sabres weren't even dominating. They just, they, they were cool goals, obviously, but like. They were finishing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, part of the reason they're finishing uh, is because Martin Jones is terrible. Mm. He famously, uh, the Sharks, I wouldn't call the dynasty, but their era, the Thornton era ended because he and Aaron Dell were so bad together. The team, uh, despite being still, you know, high scoring team missed the playoffs because their goaltending was so horrific. So that was, that was interesting, terrible goaltending there in Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, no, it's just a, it was a good game. It's, it's cool to see the Sabres score six. That doesn't happen very often. And like you said, I Skinner, Skinner continues to, to impress and look good. And he looks like he's going to be a 30 goal scorer, which is good. Krebs looked really good. Uh, Quinn, unfortunately is hurt. Yeah. Uh, Cause he's, he's also looked really good when he's been up. Yeah, and who who am I thinking of? Oh, Tage also scored two goals. Good for Tage. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a good effort, and I I kind of liked what we saw out of like Samuelson since he's been back. Dude, as well. definitely worth bringing that up because I thought I, I've thought that he is impressed and has looked rock solid back there, and I appreciate too that Granado has been giving him big minutes. I think he led an ice time in that game. It was either that game or the game prior. He had led an ice time. I need to look that up, but. Yeah, I mean, he's looked like he's more than holding his own out there. So very, very, very good to see that. And also, too, Rasmus Dahlin continues to look pretty damn solid and is making some unbelievable eyebrow-raising plays, too. So nice to see him continuing his his good stretch here. So it's been – it was good. It was definitely, definitely good. What you want to see, you know, nice little bounce back win for them after they've been on a, a pretty horrid stretch as of late. So let's look at what we have coming up for the Sabres now. This week, they only play twice. They play on Tuesday against Ottawa. That will be in Ottawa. And then they are going out west to Arizona on Saturday night. Little Sabres after dark action, because then on Sunday, following that, they are playing at Colorado, which I'm sure will be a very, very fun and high-scoring game, but not for the Sabres. Um, <laughs> and after that, after that, they have Vegas on the first, and then they don't play again until the tenth. So really, they have four games over their next two weeks. So not too much of a of a huge load there for the Sabres coming up. Um, given who they're playing against that the the last two games of, of this four game stretch are against the, probably the two, arguably um, the two best teams in the West, just on paper, at least who knows if Jack Eichel will be back by the time the Sabres uh, end up playing the golden Knights. I don't think he will by that point yet, but probably I think when they come to town, I believe in March uh, by that point, I think he would be back, but Coming out of this, I don't think that there's any reason that you can't walk away from this four-game stretch two and two. You absolutely can and should beat both Ottawa and Arizona. And then on the back end of that, I'm not going to hold it against them if they end up losing away to Colorado and Vegas. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on this upcoming stretch for the Sabers and anything that you would like to see from them outside of just like a record? You know, any guys who you're looking to really step up? Anything that you're going to be keeping an eye out for over these next couple of games? 
Yeah, I would like to see uh, no one else get injured. Be my uh, my main goal. So, like I said, Quinn's out, Colin Miller's out, Henestros is out. What if no one else got injured this stretch? That'd be that'd be nice. I mean, we still we we still may see Craig Anderson, which is unbelievable. That's really cool. But yeah, besides that, it's not a it's not an easy stretch. Uh, I'd like to beat the Coyotes, if that counts. <laughs> I would, that that should be a, a win, hopefully. Yeah. Besides that. Uh, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's tough to, it's tough to expect wins the way things have been going for them. And the, the goaltending situation is still uncertain at this point, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, feel I just, like- you know, I'd like to see Krebs continue to look good and Samuelson and t- I guess Tage and Skinner. I mean, same, but yeah, I, I it's, uh, it's tough to, to go back to the Sabres after last night, if I'm being honest. That is completely, completely understandable. Yeah, I would say for me, you know, we, we could all say, well, you have Ottawa and you have Arizona, so there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to go two and two in that stretch because who's going to expect them to be Colorado and Vegas? But I probably can more comfortably say I could see them going like one and three over this stretch as far as what I would really be looking for specifically out of any of like the players I would say Matias Samuelson I just want to continue to see him get big minutes and be put out in different situations you know especially towards the end of the game when it's big learning moments for that it could be a really important learning moment for a guy like that too getting to play in those key minutes because so far he has looked up to look up to the challenge, which has been great. Um, Krebs. Yeah. I would love to see more production out of him. I think, you know, uh, as we're now just coming off of this big two goal effort when it was finally, you know, as we've been waiting for him to really, you know, blow the roof off a bit here and, and see his game come together a bit and look a little bit more complete. Um, you know, I would love to see him pick up a few more points over this next stretch. You know, if he can walk away next four games with three or four points, I think that that'd be excellent. Again, this is probably mostly going to come in a losing effort. So at the very least, as long as we're seeing guys produce, that'll be good. Um, And I'm also really curious to see how this first line continues to gel with each other. Skinner, Tage, and Tuck have, by and large, been the superior line anytime that they're out on the ice. And they've been able to generate offensive chances without giving up too much in their own zone. And it's been great. You know, it's, it's exciting. And I think that getting talk back after you know he's now played i believe about 10 games with the team nine ten games getting him into the lineup i think has allowed them to have a bit more flexibility just in terms of what they can throw out there on offense and uh, in the forward lines and i think on top of that too exciting uh we're going to be getting casey middlestat back because he's been back skating too so i think I'm, I'm really interested to see you know, not only to just have Casey back, but to see the different line combinations that they can do. It seems like they're going to keep this first line together, but for whatever reason, I'd I'd like to see Casey and talk together and see how that goes. It'll be interesting to see, are they just going to run like a a Tage Dylan Casey down the middle and, you know, they're really hurt right now and they don't exactly have a whole lot of forward depth. So it doesn't really give you a lot of options there, but I just want to see Casey, which I'm sure that they will give him big minutes and give him opportunities to play in the top six with some other skill position guys. I don't want to see him rolling around with Andres Bjork and John Hayden on his wing or anything like that. So we'll see what happens, but I'm excited to see him back whenever that eventually is. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go one and three over this next stretch here. But even though that may seem like a little bit of a depressing note, 
let's talk about something really exciting and good that fans have been asking for for such a long time. It has finally been confirmed that the Goatheads are coming back. There was a leak that had gone out last week saying that on the NHL's official fan shop, I believe, that next year the Sabre, a variation of the black Goathead jersey was going to be available, leading people to believe that it was going to be coming back as an alternate jersey. Not even a day later, I believe, or maybe it was just about a day later, less than 24 hours later, Ice Ice Ethics was able to then confirm that the black Goathead jersey will be back as the Sabres' new alternate jersey. And it doesn't seem like it's going to be a one-off thing. Similar to what the Blues do, where they have their powder blues that they wear as their alternate and have been doing that for a few years now. That appears to be the case for what the Sabres are going to do with the black Goathead jersey extremely exciting you know it's a slam dunk it's going to be a great money maker for them because the the merch and the jerseys are going to fly off the shelves it'll be something that'll get people into the arena too to want to see the games that they end up wearing it whenever they eventually put out the schedule for next year and, and their jersey promotion schedule so all in all a very good thing and now At this point, really, we just have to wait and see what the actual jersey is going to look like. There were some slight modifications to the logo to make it a little bit more simplistic um, than what we had in, you know, the 90s and 2000s. But beyond that, the jersey looked by and large pretty much the same. So I'm curious to see how close that is going to be. But your thoughts on that, Taylor? I mean, what's your I know it's, you know, kind of hard to be like, yeah, I'm excited when we're about to hit, you know, well, when we have have had a decade's worth of not being in the playoffs, but this is a good thing, right? We can, we can be a little bit excited about this. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something the fans really wanted for a while and even bring it back. Something you wear a couple times a year is it seems like, you know, you're doing one of the easier uh, slam dunk things to make people happy at a time when Sabres fans are very much not happy and are mostly checked out. It seems like based on the, uh, the uh, attendance at the arena. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's, it's a good thing. No, I mean, there's a couple other things they could do, obviously, that we think are easy things to make people happy without necessarily getting better on the ice. Uh, but yeah, this is a this is a start. And I think it'll be cool. Maybe I'll get one. Yeah, I think I will. I haven't gotten a Sapers jersey in quite a while. Uh, my most recent one. Actually, no, you know what? I'm, I blocked this out. I just got an Eichel jersey last year. Oh. I probably should get restitched. Oof. Um, but I'm just I don't know who to get. I don't know who to put on it. Well, you don't need to have anybody. Just to, to get, just get the um the Eichel stitching taken off and just have it be no one. Yeah, I mean, really, I, that's not the worst thing. Mm, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, like it. you'd have to remove the numbers too, but I mean, you could always just wait. Why don't you switch it to Derek Roy? <laughs> you know, maybe, and I could I, I could go to like um bottoms up and wear it. Oh my god! Oh. Well, be- you may be going in with that jersey, but you may be coming out with a couple other things if you're going to be following Derek Roy's uh, trends. Yeah, maybe some um, say uh, <laughs> yes. I was going to say diseases. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is very sad. So I'm going to do this very quickly. Uh, the well, let's hear from our friends at DraftKings. Oh God, no, no. Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs. No, they don't. <laughs> nope. Only four teams left for you to root for, for you to bet. At DraftKings Sportsbook. Folks, if you're going to insist on watching football these last two weekends of the year, my advice is you gamble on it so you won't be sad about the Bills losing. You'll be sad that you lost money. Um, 
So DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? You can experience the conference championships with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania, or New York only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, well, that's over. Disgusting, disgusting. Quickly, going back to the Sabres lines that we were talking about before with the potential of having middle staff back, some interesting lines from Sabres practice today. On the top line, you have Jankowski, for whatever reason, was standing in for talk. talk. I don't really necessarily know what that's about, but he isn't skating today. But you have the same top line attack. Casey Middlestat centering Peyton Krebs and Anders Bjork. You have Cousins between Asplund and Olofsson, and then a fourth line of Gergensen's Eakin, and Hayden. So a little bit of a shakeup in that middle six there. Any thoughts on those combinations? Anything that you do differently? Um, well, what was the last one again? Gergensen's Eakin, and Hayden. Yeah, <laughs> no, I would bench Eakin. It was, it was, I know uh, there's a million injuries, but. Yeah, no, I know. No, it was Asplund, Cousins, and Olofsson, and then Krebs, Middlestat, and Bjork. Ugh. It's just tough to, I mean, that's not good, but it's not good because there's, there's so many guys out right now. I mean, yeah. I don't want, I, but I, I will say this going forward for the rest of the season, they should be playing Murray when they're healthy again. Um, play Murray, play Hayden. Eakin shouldn't be in the lineup. No, it's pointless. Uh, he, it's pointless. He, he wasn't terrible to start the year, but he's gotten back. He really gotten back around to being just a, an absolute zero offensively and doesn't I don't get it. He doesn't bring that much on defense to make up for it. So I would I would be playing him as little as possible and you know hopefully having Bjork play in the fourth line. Um I'm like over Bjork too. I just yeah. I, he, he does nothing for me. I, I just yeah, let him walk. desire. But, but yeah, exactly. Like at this can we get point, Curtis Lazar back? <laughs> we'll can we get a receipt on that trade? Yeah, I would like that. That would be nice. No, nah, I mean, he really, I, I just have no interest in him being on the team next year at all. Yeah, same. At all. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, everybody. But at least we will be able to talk about this matchup against Ottawa in our next episode, which will be dropping on Thursday. Taylor, do you have any last thoughts before we sign off? Hmm. Yeah, so kind of. I wanted to share a, a funny, a humorous thing. So I tweeted it. So you might have saw it on Twitter already. Uh, and I, I got uh, retweeted into NFL Twitter. So it, it did some decent numbers, but I, I didn't do anything because I was just screenshotting a, uh, a post uh, from an athletic story about Devin Hester. Remember Devin Hester, Brendan? Oh, yes. I, I know the tweet you're talking about. Yeah. So before Super Bowl 42, Devin Hester, for those who don't know, uh, was a rookie in 2006. He is the best returner in NFL history. I don't think there's anyone that's even close. Uh, he returned five touchdowns his rookie year. And the Bears made the Super Bowl, partly because of him and their defense and not their quarterback. <laughs> and so they get to the Super Bowl against the Colts and Colts uh, are practicing to kick it away from Devin Hester, which a lot of teams ended up doing. And the night before the game, there was like 
a speech given to the team by some chaplain of some kind about David and Goliath. It's a weird speech. Colts and Bears are pretty evenly matched, I think. So I don't I don't know how David and Goliath really applied there. But uh, Tony Dungy was like, wait, are we treating Devin Hester like Goliath? Should we just go right at him? Should we just kick it to him and set the tone that way? So they did kick it to him. And uh, it was a touchdown. <laughs> Returned the opening kick for a touchdown uh, because, of course, they did. He was, why would you do that? <laughs> Uh, but I, I basically tweeted it out and I thought that first of all, it's, it's always weird when you, someone like me, who's, you know, I don't have that many followers gets like a, a billion replies, uh, quote tweets, all that stuff for like three days, kind of weird experience. Well, the thing that was kind of bothering me, Brennan, you might've seen, seen me get into this, uh, with the people. Cause I said, this is why if you're ever wondering why Peyton Manning only won one Super Bowl in his prime, this was his best coach. <laughs> he did shit like this. Uh, and people, a lot of people, first of all, a lot of people defending Tony Dungy. I just got to say, not interested, folks. Take it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Second, a lot of people seem to think that Peyton just lost in the playoffs to the Patriots every year. Do you, have you noticed that? I think people have brought this up multiple yeah, times. Incorrect. Yeah, but a bunch of people said that to me. Like, I guess if you're listening to the pod, you might, maybe you don't remember, maybe you remember that way too. Who knows? I mean, I think narratives uh, end up shaping your memory far more than actual events do. Uh, but he had, he lost to the Patriots in 03 and 04. That was it. He went three and two against them in the playoffs. They only played, so they played 03, 04, 06. And that was it until he went to Denver. And then they, they beat him in the AFC championship in 2013 and 2015. So that was at three, three and two in the playoffs against Brady Peyton. I, I can't believe people don't remember this, but it just goes to show memory is a fragile thing. They, he like basically went on a tour of losing to everyone in the AFC in the playoffs, usually in a, a deeply stupid game. And there's also a, a strain of replies that seem to suggest that he was terrible in the playoffs or he choked or whatever. And it's like, it's not that simple. I guess it's easy to just, if you want to simplify things, remember it that way, he choked against the Patriots, an easy way to remember someone's career, but there's a specific kind of Peyton playoff loss, I think. And you might remember some of these too. Usually they, they go like 12 or four or 13 and three. Maybe he wins MVP. He won five of them. And these are the divisional rounds and just, he doesn't play bad. And you can't look at his numbers and be like, that's bad. But you watch the game with a distinct feeling that they should be doing more. And maybe there's a key mistake here or there. The defense does something stupid. And all of a sudden it's no, almost the end of the game. They only have 17 points. You know, like, hmm. Not good, but it seems like they could still win. And then something unbelievably stupid would happen and they would lose. Like, for example, this is, I'm basically describing the uh, Raheem Morris game in the uh, the 2012 uh, game against the Ravens. So, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to share that. I wish people would uh, remember things more. <laughs> or at least just not assert things that are not true. Like, he lost so many stupid playoff games to teams they shouldn't have. Oh, three and oh four, the Patriots are better. What are you going to do? He lost to the Jay Fiedler Dolphins. He lost to the Mark Sanchez Jets. He lost two games to the Chargers, one of which he threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns and lost to Billy Volick. Billy. Yeah. Uh, there's just, just a bunch of games like that. Unbelievable. Well, we could always count on you for a nice little historical trip down memory lane. Yeah. One more thing, Tom Brady's dead. So yeah, it's really nice. At least there are some that's, silver lining out of yesterday. That's why I feel a little bit better than last year, just because it was like, oh no, I have to watch Tom Brady win another goddamn Super Bowl. <sighs> well, I will. I've Not always, this time, buddy. 
I've always been a Joe Burrow fan, but I will never be a bigger Joe Burrow fan than I will be next week. Undoubtedly, I'm going to be number one Cincinnati Bengal fan, as we all will and should be. We cannot let Jackson Mahomes keep getting away with this. (laughs) He can't keep getting away with this. Uh. Who do you like in the NFC? I'm kind of fine with both of them, honestly. I like the Rams, honestly. I love McVay. I've been, you know this, I've I've long been a big Matt Stafford guy. And uh Oh yeah. Yeah. So you I'm, love those Lions quarterbacks. Obviously, like we talked about yesterday, you're a big Olavsky guy. All right. You literally that one you just made up out of thin air. Like <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> there is no <laughs> there's no conceivable way that you and I ever had that conversation about Dan Orlovsky before I will fully full on Matt Stafford. Yes. Like I've, I've been on that train for a very, very long time, but my, my lion's fandom from back in the day lived and died with Matt Stafford and Megatron. So. Well, take that for what it's worth. You didn't say that you liked him as a quarterback or even as an analyst, you said you liked his impression of a dog barking. You ever heard that? No, I don't think so. Oh my God. He can bark like an actual dog. It's unbelievable. It sounds familiar, but it's not ringing any bells right now. I think Nina Kimes tweeted it out. If anyone out there wants to find it. She's great. He, she was basically like, this is his real talent. And it really is because he's kind of mm-hmm. eh, on TV. He's kind of annoying on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he's not a good quarterback in the NFL. But that guy can, man, he can bark. It's, it's almost disturbing. Yeah, I'll take it with it. Like with him, my thoughts on Dan Orlovsky, one barking thing is very interesting. And I'm going to look that up right after we end this. But I feel like he, when he first kind of made the switch and started to like show up on ESPN and everything. And I saw some stuff on Twitter too, like early on where he gave like really good insight and in breaking down plays. Um, obviously him being a former quarterback, he was, he was very good at that. And then I agree. I feel like I don't really know when it happened or anything like that, but he made a, a, a turn into the annoying and yeah, not really can take it or leave it, I guess. But granted, I guess I'll say that like, I'll take somebody who's kind of annoying, who can at least give some insight rather than like some blockhead who's just going to talk about nothing like as many NFL analysts do. So I guess I'll give him that, but I mean, I could really take it or leave it with him. Yeah. Also did Tony Romo eat an edible before the game last night? Oh my God. Many people are wondering this folks. It's not, it's never fun to basically ever listen to an announcer when your team is losing the way the Bills lost last night. But I got to say, I'm going to, I'm just going to say it now. I still like Tony Romo. Oh, I, I do know too. The, sh- I... the shine is off. People are, uh, the honeymoon's over. People are not happy with Tony Romo now. I still like him. And I like him uh, in the way that people were eulogizing Madden a couple weeks ago when he died. I think that's Tony Romo. He has fun. He, he's clear he loves football. It's clear that basically every game, no matter what, he's having a great time. I think he's actually really good to have around in these big moments. He is getting better at not making weird noises mm-hmm. uh, when, when they show a replay. I had that problem last night personally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he he's, I still like him. And Ooh, me too. Yeah, I do agree. I, th- I think he was high last night. He really like, there was just some of his like in between commentary between plays where he'd try and say something kind of chummy or like funny. And there was, I mean, you know, when we were watching the game last night, for those of you listening, there was probably a group of 10 of us at my apartment and uh, constantly we would all just look around and be like, what the fuck did he just say? Like, yeah, weird guy, but I do appreciate how much he does love the game. So I guess, you know, are, are you insinuating that next year's Madden should be called Romo 23? 
Oh, interesting. No, he has to get his own thing. Fair. Fair enough. It'd be wild if they just changed the name of Madden the year after he died. <laughs> It'd be kind of rude. A little bit, yeah. Not not the best way to honor his memory. Maybe he'll oh, be man. on the cover of 23, actually. Yeah, maybe. Uh, All right. Who's, uh, who's your uh, random uh, Sabres player of the week slash recommendation? Mm, my random Sabres player of the week and my recommendation is Joe Burrow. That's all I care about. I don't care about anything else. No offense to the Sabres. I don't care about anything else except for Joe Burrow this week. Keep that man wrapped in bubble wrap. And same can go for Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Do not let them just please, God, Joe Burrow, please. There's, there's no insight for me here. Just just please. I, this is a good thing, though. So, okay, for this week only, let's do a random former Bengals player of the week. Ooh. I'm going to go with... TJ Hushmanzada. Come on, I would have got it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, okay. My former Bengals player of the week is Terrell Owens. Oh yeah, yeah. He was a he was a Bengal that one year. TBT. Yeah. Uh, I recommend. Uh, I'm gonna watch all the Scream movies this week. Uh, okay. Maybe with some pals, and I'm gonna go see the movie for the third time in theaters and try not to think about sports ever again. That's honestly a good plan. I'm going to do the one thing that people always should do when they need to turn their mood around and watch a really good, happy go lucky show like euphoria that had a new episode come out last night. It's good. It's a good Nothing, episode. Oh, was it? I, I ended up watching the first part of it and then I fell asleep probably about like 20 minutes in. So I'm going to watch that. Hopefully that'll turn my spirits around. Yeah. All right, everyone. See ya. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we hope that you can somehow find some sense of purpose and meaning in this cruel, cruel world. But if you can't, listen to our next episode coming out on Thursday. We'll be talking about Sabres Senators. So <laughs> nothing screams uh, turn your mood around like a, a, a rousing matchup between two titans of the NHL and the Buffalo Sabres and Ottawa Senators. But in the meantime, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, streaming platforms, social media channels, wherever you're active. Make sure you're checking out both the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're following us on social media, both Straight Up Sabres and both Taylor and myself. And make sure you are using promo code THPN at checkout with DraftKings to take advantage of great deals. Not that there's any football going on this weekend or ever again, but if there were, you can go to DraftKings and use that promo code. Once again, we'll be back with a new episode on Thursday, everybody. We're with you. Hope you all are are hanging in there okay. But this has been Straight Up Sabres.